Welcome to My Time, My Life with Trinette Faint. On this season of my podcast, I'll be talking to a variety of people, from creative entrepreneurs to business owners to writers to entertainers and others, about being bold and courageous, overcoming obstacles, and taking risks, all in the name of chasing dreams and building a career. I hope their stories will inspire you on your own journey. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Emmy Award-winning producer and voice actor Georgette Pierre. Georgette has been in the entertainment business for over a decade, working in TV production at MTV, Nickelodeon, where she won an Emmy, on Netflix's My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman, and various award shows and commercials. Georgette served as the first sideline reporter for the inaugural 2018 NBA 2K League, followed by a stint in Miami as a radio host for the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. Georgette is a creator and producer of the Black and Nuance podcast, the web series, hashtag Dear Georgette, and the interview series, After Dark with Georgette, Pierre. She has bylines on various publications, including Entertainment Weekly, VH1, MTV Rap Fix, now MTV Hip Hop, Blavity, and Killer Boombox. She recently wrapped hosting duties on Emerson College's podcast, making it big in 30 minutes, and is a creative producer consultant and voice actor through her company imprint, MYS Productions. Georgette, quite a resume. Hello, how are you? Tree! That's my <laughs> nickname for Trinette, for those that don't know from grad school. <laughs> it is, it is. How oh yeah, doing, every time girl? I hear that read back to me, it sounds funny. I'm like, did I do all that? Maybe I didn't do enough. Um, it You've never feels like that. enough. It doesn't feel and like you, enough, and but you thank still you. do it more. You've come a long ooh, way, baby, since uh, whatever that class was we were in. Oh, I know, because I had to. I was eating blueberries to stay awake, <laughs> and I would offer it to people. I was like, you know, these are great antioxidants. Yeah. Blueberries. <laughs> I and was your so Fiji tired. Water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love my Fiji, honey. <laughs> Gosh, and I'll just never forget that presentation you did, the Kool Aid. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what was that presentation? Oh, the professor was, uh, shout out to Professor Sylvia Hodge, uh, that, who was oh, our professor. Yes. Okay. Uh huh. But what was the cool? Oh gosh, I don't remember I don't that. But when you were presenting, <laughs> the Kool Aid man, I just, because I, I was the only funny. person in the class who that knew what that was. That. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that damn class, sugar water. Yes. Shit, that damn sugar water boy. <laughs> Mm. Well, let's get into it. Let's start by talking about your Emmy. Tell me what you won oh. that for and what was that like? How did that feel? Uh, you know, it's funny when you hear about these things, you're not necessarily like in the place to always receive them. And so, um, and then sometimes like the thing that gets you this thing that everyone's like, oh my gosh, ooh, ah, you're like, what? You don't know what the hell I had to go through or what right. was going on to receive that. And so- I remember I was at my, I had reached a breaking point in TV production. I was at Nickelodeon and Mm -hmm. um, that same year was 2018. So um, I was working on a Black History Month campaign. Shout out to my mentor, my former boss, Chelsea. Uh, Mm -hmm. And she, um, by this time, we had worked on that campaign and it got submitted. um, And I didn't know it got submitted for a daytime Emmy. So by this time I leave to go to Miami and I'm in Miami from June, like the end of June on mm-hmm. to the following year of 2019. And I remember I get a text message from my former colleague and 
Um, I like to call him Josh Kosh, shout him out, because I wouldn't have known had he not texted me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Georgette, did you know you won an Emmy? I said, I did what? And I'm literally in the booth at, at, the, at the radio station, <laughs> confused. And so he texted to me like I was doing the morning show uh, for Ricky Smiley. So I had to be there from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. I was the local morning host. And so I did mm-hmm. the local talk breaks for Miami while they were doing the show from Atlanta. And I, he sent me the screenshot. And I was like, can I cuss on here? <laughs> I'm like, oh. no, because I'm like, I can, yeah. I, I can cuss? Okay, great. I don't care. So I was like, I look at the screenshot. I was like... Oh my fucking gosh. I said, wait a minute. I want to Emmy. And at this point I found out 2019, like when I was like literally done with being in Florida and I said, I'm about to fucking leave this place. Let me get the fuck up out of here. Cause I just, because there was so much that had happened working there and the, and, and the radio station right. experience wasn't what I thought it was. And so when I saw that Emmy, I, the reason why I shout out my, my former bosses she made it a point to list my name as the list of people that worked on the campaign because I what Nickelodeon see. did, which was so gracious, they bought everybody a statue. They don't give you oh. statues for every team member. They'll give you one and then you have to pay for the other ones. I and so um, had, I, had she not done that and advocated for me, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I would have had that statue. But then that was 2019. I got that Emmy for a 2018 campaign. And it took me like another two years to pull that Emmy off the box, like to actually stand it up. Cause I had an imposter Girl. syndrome around it. I didn't think I, I earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't, just, it didn't, you know, it didn't kick in and even still it doesn't kick in. And I remember one of my guy friends, um, in LA, he was just like, Girl, if I was you, I'd be wearing that Emmy around my neck, like a necklace. I was like, I ain't doing all of that. <laughs> Put it on so your yeah, so your car. yeah, but that, but, but, but. Yeah, it was it's for it was a Nickelodeon um campaign and, and and from my understanding they hadn't, you know, that was the first time they won a campaign, I think, for Black History Month. Oh. Okay. Um, you know, so it was it was cool. It was cool. And well, so I want I want more. Girl. Well Thank deserved. You. I love Thank that you. I can say I'm friends with an Emmy winner. So <laughs> go win another one so I can say it again. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> And, and that I want, and I'm, I'm, I'm manifesting winning an Emmy for my work in the scripted space, whether it's you know, uh, you TV writing, it. producing, all of that jazz. So you got it. You were on your path, girl. I know what's gonna happen. I should I know it. <laughs> Speaking of your TV writing work, tell us about your work in TV production. What about some of the projects you worked on and um, Letterman's Netflix show? Yeah, I'll keep this one brief uh, because that journey. I didn't even choose TV production. I, I remember just being annoyed that TV hosting opportunities weren't um, coming my way. And so I was like, yeah. fuck it. I'm just going to figure this out, right? Like I'm going to mm-hmm. get into TV and I'm going to do my own thing and create my own thing. So I started in 2012 at VH1. Um, and then I just kind of worked the ranks from 2012 to 2000 and I'm from 2012 on, right? In and out. Yeah. And so by the time I got to... Um, so worked at VH1 <clears throat> in their short form promo uh, department, which meant we were creating commercials for all the TV shows on VH1, went over to Nickelodeon, okay. did the same thing, plus whatever tent poles came about. So my team was the production team. So we had to travel to be on these shoots to create the, the, the commercials for whatever we, uh, we had coming out. But again, on the short form side, which were, was the commercial side. Um, by the time okay. I left Nickelodeon or got laid off during the pandemic, I was just freelancing, doing various things. And so 
you know, I felt like I had learned all these tools. It was called Viacom at the time. I had learned all these tools to create mm-hmm. um, my own stuff. So Dear Georgette came out. That, that I took a stab at that. Then I did After Dark with Georgette Pierre because I wanted to be the, you know, the next Chelsea Lately or Chelsea Handler. Really yeah. enjoyed her late night TV show. And I was just like, I want a black woman. in Like, what about a black woman in this space? Even though I'm not a comedian, right. I was like, I could do this. And so right. um, the line producer um, that uh, my former boss was just friends with and she had introduced me to and that I had worked with, he landed the line producer opportunity with the production company that was producing my next guest. And so um, he keeps a tight team around him. And so because he's the homie, he was like, well, George, like we're about to gear up and shoot these New York episodes. Wherever Letterman was going, Letterman went wherever the talent was. So there was three episodes in New York, which was Cardi B, um, Kevin Durant, and Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah. And so he put me on all three. He hired me as a production manager um, nice. to, to be on all of them. And so that was my first on-screen credit. And I was like, ooh, I want more. So that's, that's it was essentially yeah. just the years of, of working in production and then just knowing mm-hmm. him in that journey uh, that led me to that. Right, right, girl. I'm so proud of you. You've just Thank you. <laughs> hanging in the trenches, doing your thing. <sighs> oh, you man, know? trying. I am working People through it. don't really get how tough it can be. Yeah. The struggles, the challenges and stuff. Um, so I applaud you for keeping on, keeping on. Thank you. Um, th- tell me a bit about some of the challenges you had um, and getting to the place where you are now. Like, what has your journey overall been like? Uh, you know, it's still the journey uh, that I am moving through. I mean, I think a lot of times when you are on this journey of, hopes and dreams. It was this tweet uh, that I saw that was just like, no one told you, no one tells you how tired it, it, it gets trying to pursue your hopes and dreams or having hopes and dreams. Yeah. Right. And I thought that was yeah. funny um, because your spirit is just calling for you to do the thing that you feel like you were brought here to do, but there's no blueprint to get that, that right. stuff done. Right. There's no, right. there's no blueprint to accomplish that. And so on this journey, you're, you're encountering the battles of people's projections of limitations onto you, their mm-hmm. fear onto you. But even then, like some of that stuff, you're internalizing yourself. And so um, a lot of my battles were internal and they still are um, from anywhere uh, with me shrinking, with me limiting myself, with me not necessarily always feeling like something can happen to me just being exhausted because of the journey and how long the journey has been. Yeah. And um, I want to shout exhausting. it's, it's absolutely exhausting. But the one thing that yeah. was reframed to me and I want to shout her out Felicia pride, super dope black woman, writer, director, producer. Mm-hmm. Um, she said to me, she was like, what does it feel like to settle in? Right? Like if you know, this is your career path, you're going to be doing this for the next 30 to 40 years. Why not frame it as you settling in? Because mm. And so how I took that was instead of me trying to feel like I'm getting to the next thing and to the next thing and to the next thing, everything Mm -hmm. that you do is literally just on the path of you settling in more and more and more to the thing that you're called to do. And so what I had shared with her and and sharing with you was, you know, I, I, uh, I was clear and was told my path spiritually told my path Mm -hmm. was storytelling and Mm -hmm. I am on a journey to um, tell nuanced stories um, 
and that 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 show the humanity of black millennial women um through yeah. various um lenses of tv film digital audio print and i was like man georgia what does it look like to settle in right and so with me settling in that also requires me to stop settling and and Ooh, and so i'm working through that girl. okay yeah <laughs> okay. preach girl so i love that and it is such a journey and you have to get so comfortable with being uncomfortable oh. throughout the whole process. Oh, and I had and there never seems to be yes. an end to it because the goalpost is always moving. Something's always changing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really about staying true to what your spirit is telling you and yeah. to keep going despite roadblock after roadblock challenge after challenge and stuff you know and seeing it and seeing the vision you know we've talked about this a lot over the years yeah and yeah we're not trying to do two totally dissimilar things i think just in like different ways yeah but it is it is a mountain it is a mountain and especially if you're not born into a family that has lots of connections where you have this access you know, we just putting one foot in front of the other and going for it, building mm-hmm. our own journeys. Yeah, I mean, so. you're building, you're essentially building your shit from scratch. Um, yeah. And being okay with you having to like change this brick. Maybe it's not brick for this next layer. Maybe it's something else. Or maybe it's like, oh, oh, oh. you know, you're, 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 it's, they always say like, you know, you're, you're building the plane while flying it. I don't know if you've yep. heard that analogy. And so you have yep. to be okay and, tr- and trusting that much. Um, mm-hmm. And I am working, I mean, like even before we got on, I remember having a conversation out loud. Like sometimes like my conversations with God will be out loud. Um, like, a, like, a, like as if God was in the room, you know, God is with us, but for those that believe in yep. a higher power. And I was just like, God, thank you for the wake up call um, that was like the equivalent of someone throwing ice on your face if you were sleeping to wake you up. Um, because I, I have been moving through some loud transition. And the one thing that I'm constantly being called to do, Trinette, is to stand more in my sovereignty, have mm-hmm. more confidence, stop mm-hmm. shrinking, stop mm-hmm. trying to fit my round peg into a square hole. Right? Like, like I keep right. thinking this is the best that I can do with certain things that are presented to me. And it's like, no, it's not. You think it is. And you keep saying it is, and you keep moving that direction. And I'm grateful for my, my, for God and my ancestral court. Cause tree, like they're always like, ah, we got to do this for her. Right. So something will happen right. for, for them to, to clear the roadblocks for me to get it. And, and, and they're, they're requiring me to get to a place where I get it instantaneously and more consistently. Mm. Mm. Must be Sunday morning, right here. <laughs> uh, tell me about your podcast, Black and Nuance. What was the uh, inspiration behind that? What did you think was missing in the podcast space? You know, I didn't even—I I wasn't even thinking about what was missing in the podcast space. It was—I missed radio, and so you know, mm-hmm. radio. I started radio at Norfolk State. I went to Norfolk State University in Norfolk, Virginia, and HBCU um, for undergrad, and that's where I got my itch for radio. Um, and then when I went to Emerson. Uh, for grad school, the radio station was just much more um, judged up in a way that I had never seen. So I got to, that was like my playground. And so when I left, 
I thought, oh, yeah. Shout out to ERS. What? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) D in the house. Um, uh, D Simpson. um, He's now the general manager. Um, And he was was a great mentor of mine. But when I was there, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be this big radio personality. Everyone's going to want me. We're going to do the thing. But when you left, like, there was no radio, right? So that's when, like, internet radio was popping up and all that other stuff. And so because I had yeah. done radio for as many years, then I started dabbling in internet radio and then podcasting started emerging. When I was leaving, before I was leaving New York to go to to South Florida, uh, I remember wanting to do a podcast and I was like playing around with names and black and nuanced came up. And mm. um, I remember seeing a sign, I'm not going to say, say where I saw it, but I remember it said black people are, are, aren't monolithic. And I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if I saw that in the same year, but when I thought about it, I was like, man, black and nuanced and we're going to do this. And so my friend at the time, shout out to Chris, we were going to do the podcast together and then I ended up moving to Miami. And so I just did the podcast, but every season kept evolving. Like I was still trying to figure it out, but I knew yep. that black How and nuanced. How many seasons like did I, you ultimately do? I'm still going, but I had done still three going. seasons, yeah. All right. um, took a two year hiatus from 2021 jumped back in in 2023, but I came back with more intention um, yeah. and more of a story and a narrative mm-hmm. because of my goal of trans, you know, getting this developed, using my podcast as a platform to get developed into something else right. um, as right. far as IP is concerned. But yeah, Black and Nuance was just, you know, I'm like, Georgia, you could do a lot with this. The name is is popping, right? Yeah. Um, and so what do we want this to be? And so season four is out now. Season five, I am, um, we're in pre-pro. Shout out to Wise and the Indie Creative Network as well, because he's my co-producer. Right on. Okay. Um, Who or what was your inspiration growing up? Who can I thank for the Georgette that I'm friends with today? So let's talk about Queen Latifah real quick. Don't you talk about my queen, okay? I love me some Queen Latifah. (laughs) But it was a myriad of people, right? So it was Queen Latifah. It was Lauryn Hill when I thought I was going to be... uh, a rap artist, right, or a hip hop artist. I wanted to be the next Lauren Hill. My my uh, my totally moniker on, on. I can totally see that. <laughs> I used to always hear it, and so it's funny because my moniker or like my my name, my artist name on on campus at Norfolk State was Brown Skin, spelled B R N S K N. Two words. Um, so it was like Brown. Like I used to write songs. Brown Skin is her, name, you know, and so. Um, but every moment. It evolved. Is it the Ari song your your theme song? No, it was um Brown Skin Lady uh, by um Black Star. Um, ah, okay, yes, but I wanted to like create an intro with Indie Irie and Brown Skin Lady. Um, and so, but beyond like starting with those two, like when I was younger. As mm-hmm. I started getting older, the people that were my inspiration were peers that started becoming peers, right? They were mm-hmm. my mentors or people that were just with me every step of the journey. I mean, the mentors varied, whether it was in college, whether it was a spiritual mentor, whether it was um, someone that was my boss. Um, and then even people that I started meeting in the industry, um, mm-hmm. I was like, shit, well, she don't take no for an answer. So why am I telling myself no, Right. Um, just people that just had this wealth of experience. Like, I mean, I can run the gamut of so many names. Um, but a lot of them are behind the scenes unless you, unless you know, you know, you know? And so, um, yeah, as I got older, it it was less celebrities and more peers and, or Mm -hmm. former bosses, um, uh, that were, were my inspiration or just people that I just felt I was in awe of because of like, just 
I'm like, yeah, they that I'm seeing someone do this in real time. And that is what right. I personally needed to continue going. Right, right. Have you ever had a chance to meet Queen Latifah? Ciao. So yes and no. Um, <laughs> okay. Gotta <laughs> yes hear this. And no, but I can't wait. I can't wait to meet Queen for real, for real. So um, the running joke used to be when I was younger, my mom and my, my, my mom and dad, they're from Trinidad. My mom's from Tobago. My dad's from Trinidad. So they didn't really know much about hip hop music and they would call it hip hop. Right. They were mm-hmm. like, what is this hip hop? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? What is this hip hop? What? Cause I was man, nineties hip hop. I still live there. And so I used to listen to black rain, Queen Latifah's album, black rain. And um, I remember my mom, like when I was like, there was like age, like, you know, you didn't want to take baths, you know, and your parents would still give you baths. Yeah. And I remember my mom, she, she taunted Queen Latifah in front of me. I didn't like this. She was just like, well, if you were Queen Latifah's daughter, you would get in the bath. I ran to that bathroom so oh fast, my God. but I was so <laughs> upset. I was so upset. So anywho, we were working. So fast forward, um, VH1 was doing a tent pole. Um, I think it was VH1 Divas and they were and honoring. Tell everybody what a tent pole is. Oh, a tent pole is a ma- like an award show or okay. um, a major event, right? So, a major event in the programming of a network. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the Grammys would be considered a tent pole, the Oscars would okay. be considered a tent pole. Um, and so, Queen Latifah, it was Queen Latifah and, and three other black women. And I'm, 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 ash- I'm ashamed that I don't remember all of them, but we were basically doing the, the, the photo shoot or the commercial shoot for, for that. And I remember um, Queen Latifah walked in the room and I was like, ooh, queen, it's the queen. So I had to go back to the <laughs> office because I wasn't really assigned to that shoot. But she was out there, I think, with um, one of her team members. And I told her, I was like, Queen Latifah, I am such a fan. She was like, thank you. And I, I didn't want to go in on my story about what my mom did to me when I was younger. But like, that was the closest I was able to get to, to saying hello to the queen. So I look forward to like, like communing with her in a real way from like hoping to, I get to work with her. But yeah, Queen, ooh, you get Queen, Queen Latifah. Latifah. Oh. We got to collaborate right here. Oh, Georgia. <laughs> yes. yes. She's had a fantastic career. It's been really inspiring to watch her. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, what are some of the biggest risks involved in being a creative entrepreneur? Uh... There's going to be points where you, you, um, you're going to doubt yourself. Um, and sometimes that doubt can be, um, can almost operate as quote unquote, like, uh, your mind reasoning with you on the decision Mm -hmm. that you should make. Um, you know, I think it's, it's the fact that it's, it's just a nonlinear path and and sometimes people want structure, people being me. Right. And, um, there's just no, there's no guarantee beyond you believing that you're actually going to accomplish the thing that you want to accomplish, but you wanting the thing has to be enough more than enough to keep you going. And so you're, you're constantly having to check in with yourself. And a lot of times, um, that can lead to going in and out of, I don't, you know, depression is a strong word, but you're going to have some very low lows at times. Um, and yeah. even your highs can be low, right? But, but, the, but you have to know and find ways to stay grounded. And I think that was a, that was a challenge for me 
Um, and I'm still navigating it, just having grounding tools. What keeps me grounded? What can I constantly go back to? What can I be reminded of? Shit, I didn't do this today. Okay, Georgette, just let's, well, let's do it again tomorrow. Let's figure out what this thing is. What can you do less of if it's taking up more of your time? You know, mm-hmm. oh, is it just getting off of social media? Is it, you know, you know, the, yeah. uh, so the, this other thing too is the people that, that are on your journey initially may not be there during your journey and after, right. and I'm not even going to say after your journey, but at the end of the first part of the path that right. you are on. And so there's going right. to be some grieving in between that. And you're not real, you not realizing that you're also grieving and, you know, just you, there's, there's the, it's the, it's the caterpillar to a butterfly and you don't get to control how right. you are, are developing and evolving into that beautiful butterfly. And that's the piece that I think a lot of people aren't always prepared for, including myself. Yeah. And, and you have to be okay with that because the, the, your purpose is, is the, the thing. Um, right. and that has to, right. to guide you. It's kind of like, uh, you know, friendships and stuff. Like some people are there at the beginning, but as you, you know, evolve and do other things, you know, you will meet other people along the way. And the mm-hmm. people you start with won't necessarily be the people that you finish But it's with. hard. I don't, I don't think people, yeah. like, we don't talk about it as adults. It's hard because you're just like, wait, I got ice because of what? I, but, but me and this right. person never talked, talked about what happened or, you know, right. oh, man, damn, like, this was someone that I used to talk to, you know, periodically or, like, majority of my days. And then all of a sudden, spirit's like, yeah, but we need you to spend energy elsewhere. You were spending too much energy here. We need you over mm-hmm. here. And if that mm-hmm. means that we have to pull them out of your life because you don't you don't have the heart to do it, then we're going to do that. I've had to have some real mm-hmm. conversations. I'm like, God, mm-hmm. ancestors, what what's going on? And they're like, No, we we need we have a bigger purpose for you. And yes, it's not going to always feel comfortable, and you have to be okay with that. Yep, yep. So I I just want to say that I have my conversations with Avery in here. Most often. <laughs> Avery's her dog, y'all. Avery is still kicking, okay? Ah, Avery is still kicking. She laying right there, taking another nap. Oh, man. (laughs) Avery. Um, Tell me, Georgia, where did you get the confidence to pursue your dreams? You know, because it's one thing to to dream the dream, because everybody has a dream, right? But to really be like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And to just keep at it, to stay in it. That is something that a lot of people don't have. Or they stop after the after first time it gets uncomfortable or after the first failure or something. This might sound airy-fairy. I, you know, I wouldn't even name it as confidence because it doesn't feel like confidence. There is a default setting for whatever reason that I am not able to turn off, that won't allow me to quit. Mm. I have thought about it many times over, but there is something that just, it's almost like there's, you get enough battery recharge to keep yep. going. Um, you get enough validation, another hit, and you kind of keep moving. There's a, there's a, there's a, like a, there is a hit that happens, you know, figuratively speaking. I just knew when I, was guided to, to, to audition for radio back at Norfolk state. I was like, Oh man. Okay. So I'm like, not until later on did I realize the voice that I was insecure about was, was part of God's purpose for me. I mean, memorable voice. People used to ask me if I sung. I mean, I've even gotten some like off kilter comments about my voice, 
But I won't ever forget <clears throat> Amari Harwick. Shout out to him. I when Power came out, fucking loved Power, like the original series mm-hmm. before they started doing the universe. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed Power season one. I interviewed Amari on the phone. No one was like, oh, this is for VH1.com. And no one had at the time, like a lot of people weren't watching the show at the time, but I was like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to interview Amari. Amari and I did the interview on the phone, season one. I interviewed mm-hmm. him in person season two. He was like, oh, I remember you. I remember your voice. This man never saw, saw me. It had been a year. And he remembered my voice. And I was like, ah, damn. Well, one, I can't run away from it, right? So if someone hears me <laughs> before they, some people hear me before they see me. So yeah. it just, it, the, the nudging and the things, like it's almost like the bricks were being laid as I was right. walking or the, you started seeing the, right. the next step as you were going down the stairwell. And I just started following that. And I just kept following it. And I kept following it. And yes, I've made decisions where it's like, oh, shit, she detoured. Bring her ass back. <laughs> right? But, <laughs> but you know, I didn't detour. I detoured enough to gain more tools to keep going. Yep. Right? And maybe I'm walking a little bit faster. Right? And with a little and bit more, part. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's I, I, I can't even give it confidence, like credit confidence. Like I can't tell you that I'm always confident. I'm just not able to. There, there's just something in my vessel that won't allow me to quit. Yeah. I understand that. I think we talked yeah. about that like what a month or two ago. Yeah. How it's just, it's we not do there. these things because it's just inherently a part of us. Like I can't yeah. stop writing and, you know, trying to do all these other creative things because if I stop, that would feel disingenuous to who I am. Oh man. Yeah. But, but here's mm-hmm. the, the skinny. I was like, Oh, if I was to do something else, there's nothing in my mind that would give me joy beyond the thing that I am pursuing. And that's why I'm like, ah, yeah, I can't even, like, I can't even uh, work this job if I even wanted to. Right. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. All right. A couple final questions for you, Georgette. Tell us, what are you reading right now? Um, because I don't know when this is going to come out because I'm probably being on something else afterwards, but Interestingly enough, um, I'll tell you a couple of things that I'm reading because, child, I'll be triple fisting books and I have no business <laughs> trying to read three books at the same time. But um, I was reading Warrior of the Light by Paulo Coelho. Um, it was a recommendation or I, I, there was this string of interviews this actor was doing that I, was, that I really admired. And um, that was one of the books he was reading. And I'm really into those types of books, right? Like Paulo Coelho's series, The Alchemist mm-hmm. and all the other stuff. So Warrior of the Light is literally just every page is a different passage to this, this warrior that is on their journey to becoming who they're supposed to become. So Warrior mm-hmm. of the Light, um, Survival of the Thickest by Michelle Buteau. Because um, okay. I wanted to actually just read the series, I mean, read the book, even though she adapted it into a Netflix series. Um, two, I also wanted to add more book of essays by black women to my repertoire because I too am going to write a book of essays. And so the one thing that they tell you with nonfiction books is like one question they ask you in your book proposal is what other books um, yeah. like exist in your genre? Mm-hmm. And, and they want you mm-hmm. to be able to name it the strengths and the weaknesses and all that other stuff. And so, and then lastly, that the book that is on me right now, and I, and I preface this um, by saying, I am not um, Beehive, um, but there is a book of essays about Beyonce called Queen Bee. And was popping off on Instagram and somebody, or Twitter, Twitter or Instagram, and somebody was like, 
list they they, they recommended because I think Renaissance ticket sales were going on, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were like, if if you're going to read a book, like if you're seeking inspiration, definitely get your hands on this book. So I was like, okay, I'll just let me get this book. Because again, as a creative, as an artist, as a, you know, yeah. someone on your creative path, sometimes you just need to look for inspiration in various places. Exactly. And so I was like, well, let me, let me read this essay or this book of, you know, essays about Beyonce and everyone's um, take on her and how she, and, her, and how she, just who she is as this this magnanimous person and um i have to admit like again it's just interesting to to hear the perspective of 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 people's critique on her art but even Mm. how they interpreted it right and it also gave me perspective as someone that is pursuing my own way of doing things just to really kind of see her path in a different way right like i don't know if she's ever going to come out with a memoir but I feel like this book of essays um, by different people um, really just just kind of put me in a different headspace. And it was like I I, yeah. I couldn't stop reading it. Like I'm you know I'm in LA right now as we're recording this, and so I'll be on the metro reading it. I'll, it's just because everyone's essay was just completely different. Some people were like fan fangirling over her, and then there's some people who were like you know she benefits from certain privileges because it, like mm. and so they're going in and. They're talking about lemonade and they're talking about, you know, what some of her. So it it was, it's just, it runs the gamut. So I, if anyone's looking for some type of inspiration or just different, um, uh, pulls of, of, of just works of art of people that are living yeah. in the, 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 I guess the pop culture lexicon, I, this is, I would recommend just reading this just for shits and giggles. Okay. I love that. All right. And my last question for you is what piece of music inspires you? Oh man, I will have to say, and I'm going to hit you with genres. Um, I'm still living in '90s hip hop. I love Same. me a good '90s hip hop playlist. I live there. Um, I also have been dabbling in. Um, they call it alternative R&B, but there's some tracks that exist from different artists. I mean, I like being surprised. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I am looking for that just like that plug that recharge sometimes in a different way i'll go back and listen to calypso soca music i call it my island tings uh or island ting playlist on spotify yeah so it's 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 caribbean music or soca calypso it's 90s hip-hop it's alternative r&b um and every now and then maybe something that's out on the radio but i'm like this is i'm too old for this i'm like what are they saying fuck that bitch what shut the fuck up i'm like what shut the fuck up like who's saying that in a song as a lyric and why are we listening to it shot like don't get me started on this music today child Oh my gosh, seriously. So, so, um, I have definitely stayed far away from that, but you know, I know people love a good wretched song. I don't call it ratchet. It's wretched. Okay. So yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm all vinyl mostly here at home. Okay. Yeah. Mix of like everything from classical. Throw in some jazz. Don't get me twisted on the jazz. Jazz, I love me some jazz too. Yeah. 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 Georgette, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Yeah. Such a throwback to our days. Yes. In New York and in Boston. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. And I will put all your links in the show notes so people know how to find you. Yeah. Jazz. And, uh, you know, continued success on your journey. Thank you. You too. You're in your next act. You're settling in. What does it feel like to settle in, Tree? 
feel like I got some sand in my shoes, trying to get it out, <laughs> trying to get it back in, you know? <laughs> but I love that. Stepping. Yeah, you got to smooth out the sand. Shit, she's going to yeah, be with you for a minute. Pebbles out the just, way, yeah, right? just smooth it out. Yep, yep. <laughs> I love that. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of My Time, My Life. And until next time, take care. Bye. My Time, My Life with Trinette Faint is a Floor 51 production. 